Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Episode 465. I asked three times and it still wasn't done. It's enough to drive us up the wall. Before you listen to this, if you have not listened to episode 464, which I, an episode I recorded on boundaries, and it's all about the boundaries, then I recommend you quickly listen to that episode prior to listening to this one, because this one segues from that one quite nicely. And I did it on purpose. I wanted to share with you a story from my life last week as a parent and I wanted to share it for two reasons to show you that you're not alone that I I face just the same challenges that you do and also to show you just how much these boundary setting skills are imperative key vital essential really important words to parenting well And as much as we blame the kids for not doing it the first time they're asked, not doing it the second time they're asked, not doing it the third time they're asked, if we're really brave and we focus the attention on ourselves rather than the kid, we can see that we are sometimes creating the very problem that we're trying to avoid. We're creating the problem that becomes the ongoing challenge because we are not good with our boundaries. And I, as I said in, the episode, in episode 464, boundaries connect us to what we value, boundaries protect our needs, and boundaries are the highest form of respect that we can show ourselves. So, without getting too personal, I'm going to share just some background information that will set the scene here. So, in our house, we have three bathrooms. We have one that's hardly ever used in a basement. We have one on the main floor that the kids use. So when you come to our house and you go to our bathroom, there's kids' toothbrushes and toothpaste and all sorts of things in there to meet you. And often a lot of toothpaste on the sink. And my husband and I are very lucky to have our own bathroom off our bedroom. So I realize we are very fortunate that we have three bathrooms and there's many, many families who have less than this. There's many who have more. But the context of it is important because what I've noticed over the last few months, and quite frankly, I love it, is that my youngest son enjoys brushing his teeth while he sits on my bed. And I go to bed early and I read my book and I I really quite enjoy this time. He, you know, he comes upstairs, he brushes his teeth, he chats a bit, he sits on the bed. I try and read, then I don't read And it's just a very cozy, nice kind of routine he's got into. And we check in at the end of the day and it's it's a nice time for both of us. So I enjoy this time. But what I've noticed 
is first it was the toothbrush that ended up on my sink. Then it was his toothpaste. Then it was all this floss. Then it was this. Then it was that. And I kept saying to him, could you please take your stuff down to your bathroom? And he'd say, yeah, sure. And it wasn't done. And I asked numerous times. So when I say I asked three times and it still wasn't done, I probably had asked about six. But it wasn't really bugging me. But, you know, occasionally I'd go in there to brush my teeth. And I'm like, oh, my God, now there's his toothpaste all over my sink. And you can get the picture. So I was brushing my teeth and realized that there really was a lot of his stuff all over the sink, taking up my space. And I wasn't happy. So I... When I saw him, I said to him, you need to go and take all your stuff out of my bathroom and put it in your bathroom. I said, it's too much. You're taking over all my space and you can still come and brush your teeth in the bathroom, but you're not going to leave your stuff up there. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah, mum, no problem. Next day, toothpaste, everything's still there. So I, I said to him, you know, you said you would do it yesterday and you haven't done it. And he went, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it now. Next day, still not done. So I'm going to ask you this. Whose problem is this? Because it's not just my son's problem. You can see it's so obvious when I'm sharing this story. It's so obvious to you that the problem is kind of 50-50. He's doing it. I'm asking. He's passively saying he'll change it, but he's not changing it. And I'm not enforcing it. So it's like 50% my problem and 50% his. And the diehards amongst you would say, yes, but he should have done it the first time. Yes, you're right, he should have. But the problem is still me because given he didn't do it the first time, I didn't ask him again. And quite frankly, my role as a mum, and I do encourage the mums that I work with one-on-one and all the mums in my group coaching, I encourage them to let go of the fact that they shouldn't have to remind their kids. Now, by remind, I'm putting that in a very nice way because, in other words, I mean nag. But when we nag, nothing goes well. It's downhill all the way. So, But I've accepted I have to remind my kids and I will have to remind them over and over and over again to do certain things. That's just the way of it. They're teenagers. He couldn't care that all his toothpaste and toothbrushing stuff is in my bathroom. It's not on his radar. It's on mine. So given I care about where it is, then I have to be the one that steps up to say, listen, I don't want this here. You keep leaving it here. You need to deal with this. But if I say it in an unkind, mean, nasty way, he's going to think I'm nagging and he, his response will not be good. If I ask him nicely, like I did, he'll tell me he's going to do it. And there's a good chance he will forget. So where does all this leave me? It left me in a position where I realized my boundary had not been very clear. I was a bit wishy-washy. I'd asked him and didn't make him do it. I'd asked him, didn't make it do it. I'd asked him and I didn't make him do it. So now this time I thought this needs to change. So I said to him, you need to go and move the toothpaste stuff down to your own bathroom. And he went, yeah, yeah. And I looked at him and I said, no, you need to do it now. And he said, but I'm busy. And I said, no, being on Snapchat is not busy. This is a priority. 
you need to do it now. And he pushed back. He said, but mom, you're not brushing your teeth now. I'll do it tonight. And I'm like, no, 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 you're going to do it now because we, we are both forgetting. I will take responsibility forgetting as, for forgetting as well. But you also need to take the responsibility. So you need to go and do it now. Well, of course, now he was pissed off. So he banged his phone down on the sofa and went, whatever. You're just such a nag. And I said, yep, I am a bit of a nag, but I haven't nagged you now. So he went and he got it. And he, you know, was grumpy with it. And he took all his stuff out of the bathroom, put it in his own bathroom. And I left it at that. And two seconds later, he's laughing and chatting and we're having a grand old time. He'd totally forgotten about it. So is he a rude, mean, disrespectful boy? No, he's far from that. But is he a teenager who's going to call me things that he doesn't mean, names he doesn't mean? Is he a teenager that's going to say, you're such a nag? Yes. Is he a teenager that's going to do the chore grumpily? Yes. Is he going to make me feel bad for it in the moment? No, but he's going to try. So I have to Q-tip it. And that's been a very, very popular episode on the show. So if you haven't watched (laughs) the best parenting advice or tip ever, it's to Q-tip it. Go and look at that. And I'm going to leave you in suspension because if you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to it because I Q-tipped it. I Q-tipped there. And I just walked away. He he cleared his stuff. We moved on. It was done. I could wipe my hands of it. Next. So of course I turn around and I look at the dining room table and I'm like, okay, you need to put the paintbrush away, the gondolas you've been making, the gloves, the mask, the project, the, the shoe box with your pens in it. Could you put them away, please? He's like, yeah. Two hours later, it's still there. So it's up to me to be saying you need to go and put this stuff away. And he's going to go, okay. And I'm going to go, now. And he's going to go, I don't want to do it now. And I'm going to go, you have to do it now. And that's just how the conversation has to be. Because if I want it done now, I need to follow through. And in me saying I want it done now, I'm, I'm protecting what I value. I'm protecting what I need. I need a bit of clear space to function well. I don't function well when my the common space is filled with shit and not mine and clutter. So, but my family don't mind that. So if I'm the only one that minds it and I'm working against four of them that don't mind it, then I have to be the one that has to remind them. It's just a simple thing and I have to do that. But if I become the nag, which I used to be the nag extraordinaire, They'll tell you I nag, but trust me, I don't nag. Then I have to be the one that asks them and I have to ask them nicely. So they go do it and I have to almost expect them to be not happy about having to do it when I want them to do it. That's okay. So I just thought I would share that. I asked three times and it still wasn't done. And whose fault is it? So this week... I want you to be really aware and mindful of your patterns, of your boundary setting skills. What are they like? Do you ask once, twice, three times? Each time you ask, do you raise your voice? Do you end up yelling? What happens when you yell? What's the pattern? And if you are happy with the pattern, you're probably not because that's why you're listening to this. What can you do to break it? How can you show up and do something different? 
because it has to be you doing something different. Your kids are going to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. When you change how you show up, when I changed how I asked him and I held him to it, I set the limit, I held it, I dealt with the pushback, voila, bingo, it's done. Everyone's happy. And he was happy two minutes later. He just was like, eh, in the moment. So what are you going to do this week? And write to me and tell me. Email me. Let me know and share your success. Because I'm quite sure you will be successful when you just do this one little thing. It's not a little thing. It's a big thing. But you can totally do it. And, and trust me, you waste way less energy from doing it this way. We get so, we drain ourselves of energy when we ask, not done, ask, not done, ask, not done, yell, not done, shout, not done. That's energy draining for us. Whereas we ask and hold them to it, we don't lose our valuable energy. So if you're overwhelmed, fried, frustrated at your wit's end, look at what you're doing and the patterns you're in that are causing you to feel this way. You can change. If I can, and I did you can. So if you've enjoyed this, please do share it with friends and family. Hop over onto iTunes, leave me a review. I always appreciate the reviews. I want to get this show out there even more. And till next time, thank you so much for listening and I look forward to being with you soon. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.